0: Welcome one and all to an in-person episode of Be Real, guys. My name is Chancellum Pfeiffer, and, and sitting <laughs> next to me, giggling when I skip over the intro we tried to do, is Noah Ballard. How are ya? Hey, pal. This is
1: very intimate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're currently... So we're in the Brooklyn studio yes. Be Real, guys, which, as I've told listeners before, is... A nine-by-seven room that's mostly filled with my queen-size bed. Yep. Um, and Chance and I are just, like, lying on the in bed together, holding each other with a microphone between us. So we're very close together. Who knows where our opinions will land? I think today might be interesting. And that's why we picked such a, like, in-our-wheelhouse evergreen. Well, not completely evergreen, uh, because there was a movie that just came out. Yeah. This, of this tired... Born trope of the man versus beast. Yeah. Specifically a shark. So That's right. this is in and in honor of Shark Week next week, too. That's true. That's topical as well. Yeah. But much
0: more less in honor of Shark Week. We have both said at different times and often to each other that Jaws is our favorite movie ever.
1: Oh, I sometimes like wake in the night to go. Jaws is the best movie ever. And then I literally look up at the Jaws poster hanging above my bed Didn't and go... did even God, notice that. God damn it, Jaws. You are, like, one of the greatest films ever made.
0: Yeah. Um, but we're not talking about
1: Jaws today because we would have nothing to say but an hour of accolades. If you have not seen Jaws, like, just drop everything you're doing. Especially, it's, like, a good summer action movie. Like, it's Absolutely. the perfect movie I for... I try to
0: watch it every 4th of July.
1: It's so good and so rewatchable. Um... Absolutely check out. I'm sure you've seen it if you're listening to this podcast.
0: Right? Really, there are no other illustrious entries into this genre.
1: Certainly not on this episode. <laughs> uh,
0: so the three movies we're discussing yeah. uh, are the brand new film, The Shallows, which just opened this past weekend. Right, yeah, which stars like,
1: Blake Lively, kind Blake of. Blake
0: Lively fighting a gray-white. Um, so I guess, the, yeah, the podcast will be very divided between us. Talking about a, a topical movie and, and taking it pretty seriously because we saw it in a theater together in we U- did at Union Square yeah. uh, and then the back half will be some real like bad movie philosophy two movies that I think everyone knows are not very good, but we will as we always do will be debating their watchability
1: deeply see yes. and two thousand thirteens sort of cult following and then uh, Three, if not four, sequels to Sharknado.
0: Yep. Now, do we need to get anything personal out before we get into the shower? Well, you've
1: been here. So you've been here for four days. You've been in New York. That's true. Traveling between, like, probably the two most inconvenient neighborhoods to get to from each other. Yeah, Uh, like 125th Street. 125th Street on the Upper West Side. Getting in into Prospect, uh, Harlem and Prospect Park and Prospect Park, uh, you know, between it's the purgatory between Crown Heights and Lefferts Gardens here in uh, historic uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, but it's been fun. Yeah, uh, and we went to a Yankees game today.
0: We did. No, and I went to a Yankees game. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've
1: seen a few bars. We've gone pretty hard. We've I think seen a lot of
0: faces. We've rocked them all.
1: Yeah, we're we're playing for keeps this weekend because you know we just might not make it back.
0: Hey, sis. Hey! Yeah. I just want to let you know I made it here. Mom was right. It took forever to find,
1: but it's perfect. What did you say the name of this place was? Is it Spider Nice?
0: Jamais Sarah directed The Shallows, which just came out.
1: It did, and Chance and I went to Union Square. Uh, and we saw it together, which was also, like, we watched, and that should be noted, too, we watched all these movies together. Yeah, we did. But, yeah, we saw this movie with Blake Lively. That's right. Mostly cast, can we, can we be fair up front, mostly cast because she's a beautiful woman.
0: Well, yeah, and we need to, we should get into that, because, like, yeah. the, the movie, uh, well, okay, but she's the only famous person in the movie. The only she really, they might be the only actor in the movie. The other people might just be surfers and like locals. Right. She goes. This is a again a ninety minute movie. Eighty five if it's
1: if it's a moment longer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Blake Lively is trying to find a secret beach in beautiful Mexico. I assume on the Pacific side.
1: Um, and then she encounters like a very vindictive great white shark.
0: Yes. She and has gotten into it's feeding zone.
1: Well, she touched the fucking dead whale. You never touched <laughs> the dead whale.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like Noah said, it's very just like human versus beast. And right. it's very simple in movie in that way. It has only a few cards to play.
1: Oh, it only, yes. It has very few cards. Yes. Because it sets up, because it, it's trying to do something new with, This sort of unsuccessful genre of, like, people stuck in a place by themselves movie.
0: Yeah, I've been saying in the weeks leading up to this, like, this looks like they would like it to be Blake Lively's 127 Hours.
1: 127 Hours or Cast Away or one of these movies where it's just, like, one person putting on a show against, like, some bigger, like, force of fate or nature or something like that. Right, right. Like, you know she's, like, ultimately gonna make it, right? Like, can we admit that going in? I think so, because
0: otherwise it's, as you said the other day, it's like always lost. All is lost to that terrible Ryan Reynolds
1: movie, Buried.
0: Maybe, let me. Can I just talk about the director of this movie? Sure. We talked about this with Run All Night and like some of like the weird time lapse things he tried going from burrow to borough. Right. This guy, Jaume, <laughs> fancies himself a stylist. Oh, yeah. And there are some interesting. I think some of his favorite shots in the movie, and probably some of my favorites, are these very like what I would call like almost muscular, over-the-head shots where you see how large the shark is and where he gets to show you how sort of pristine (laughs) the water is, which is a weird thing to say about an action movie where, like, the favorite shots of an action movie director should be, like, the shark being violent.
1: Well, that's the big trick in these movies is, like, why do you care about this person?
0: I think it does a better job of convincing you that the setting is cool than it does of convincing you that, like, the story of Blake
1: Lively is worthwhile at all because the story is so, like... Right, but she definitely, like, she leans in, I think, in a pretty... This is what I find sort of subversive and what I did like about the movie is that Blake Lively realizes full well that she's been cast as, like, an object, an object that and, yeah. fills out a certain set of costumes that need to go into a movie like this, right? According m- to Hollywood tropes, and the
0: movie is directed with like a super male gaze. Like right. some of the shots of legs and breasts are
1: like they're oh they're like excessive.
0: I'm a perv and like I want to sell you this, right? So
1: yeah, I mean it's it's titillating. That's the, to director. The I'm not saying that, right? Let that be known. Yes, um, Joe May. But she sort of, like, rises to the occasion and, like, tries to be like, yes, and, or yes, but. Good good point. That she's trying to, like, I don't know if she succeeds in doing it, but I think she really, like, gave this a try, knowing it was a dumb, shark, beautiful girl on a rock movie.
0: Yes. Upon the, uh, girl upon the rock movie. A girl upon the rock movie. Um...
1: Which sounds like it should be like a trope, doesn't it? But yeah. like relates to no other films. <laughs> so few movies where people are stuck on a rock.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. She, she understands. I mean, Blake Lively is a one-note actor. She has, does not have another gear as a as a performer. But she, right. she is able to convince you that she cares about the life and death stakes. Yes. The problem occurs, and you mentioned two great examples with. Hanks and Castaway and Franco and 127 Hours, where you need to be convinced in some way that like the person you're seeing, combination of character and actor, is interesting enough and introspective enough that they will have, that they're like babbling and they're talking to themselves and they're narrating
1: yeah. will
0: ultimately um, be interesting and reflect some sort of deeper internal meaning and unfortunately. Blake Lively's not good enough to make that happen. So when she starts talking to herself, sometimes she has a reason because she has like a, she's a med student or something, and when she's mending her wounds, she's, right. she's like narrating that as though she were a doctor doing it to someone, but other times she's just talking, and you're like, "Why are you talking?" Well, the,
1: I wonder how much of that is the script and how much of it is they just haven't cast an actress who can show, "Oh, I know how to give myself stitches because I went to med school without saying it, right?" Yeah. Like a better actress would have just done it and we would have known from just like the swiftness with which she does it, right?
0: Um, I feel like you Why would sh- anyone know? But I'm saying them like a better stitches.
1: actress could pull off that kind of thing. Like Franco, you didn't need all that stuff with like. You don't need to. He doesn't have a line where it'd be like, you're an adventurer, dude. Like, buck up. <laughs> like, you just yeah. need that. He
0: well, I mean, Danny Boyle used his intro and. In s- Less for the Italian dance music right, and more right. to show you he knew what he was doing.
1: Right, exactly. So I feel like, but he didn't, there's not so many of those, like, I don't know, it feels like the script feels like it needs a line of dialogue when yeah, it doesn't. right, right. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of her not being, like, a terribly good actress and they added that to sort of, like, give right. you that, or if it's just, uh, you know, a failing of the script because it needed for, like, a Hollywood executive to have dialogue on every page.
0: Could well be either. Could well be either.
1: How's the shark, in your opinion? Well that's what I think is interesting about this movie, unlike Sharknado and unlike Deep Blue Sea, right. where it knows that the shark technology is gonna be like outdated, right? Pretty quickly. Yeah. So it doesn't spend too much time on showing you like these sweeping image like it doesn't try to render like an impossible shot, right? Totally. Because some of these movies render impossible shots, and, like, there's no suspension and disbelief in the world can make you believe that, like, Sharknado is a situation you could actually be in. Great
0: point. This is something that Jaws understood also.
1: Right. And I think, like, one of the, like... I feel like this movie's admirable in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, maybe that's where I'll land on it eventually. But I think another admirable thing about it is, like, Jaws, it knew that the core of the movie is her... Overcoming the shark, not the spectacle of the shark.
0: Right.
1: You know, I mean, it's the difference between like dinosaur uh, and like the dinosaur renderings in like Jurassic World as opposed to Jurassic Park, yeah. where Steven Spielberg understands that the fundamental drama that's bringing you into the movie is not the sp- seeing a, a dinosaur; it's seeing people overcome a situation in which there is some spectacle.
0: Right. Good point.
1: But where I think it fails is it still endeavors to like. Pull some moves of a much cheaper movie like with Jaws the shark doesn't do anything insane right it just eats the boat it eats a bunch of people and then it eats the boat it doesn't do any weird flips it just appears and doesn't appear and I feel like this shark like is one of these movie monster on steroids kind of shark because that's like the litmus test isn't it like do you believe that this is a thing that could actually happen with like in the reality in which you live?
0: Yeah, and like well, I don't. Yeah, I think this. Is, you bring up a point. Um, we I I wanted a shark scientist for this pod. Yeah, I wanted one. We couldn't get one. But one of the things I was interested in asking specifically about this movie is: could this be one of the rare movies where like the the events of the wildlife actually work out? Like, could yeah. someone swim into the feeding pattern? of a rogue shark that becomes territorial. Yeah. Territoriality.
1: (laughs) Um, um, Well, if if Joss has anything to say about it, they were spot on in their science. Yes.
0: Um, And so I sort of thought, like, maybe it could check out, but you are right. Sort of like the shark is... From the time she's floating on the whale and it's trying to hit her off the whale, like, like, right away the shark is mean.
1: Right. The shark is always an animal, right? Yeah. In Jaws. Yeah. And gosh. I would say in all three of these movies, the sharks are not animals. They're like devils. Murderers. They're like... Demon
0: fish, is they're a, demons? Cool Jay would say.
1: Well, that's the weird thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, if, if this is your interpretation of the shark. I think ultimately the failing of the movie as a narrative is that for the beginning and leading up to the climax with altercation with the shark, you believe the shark is, like, smart, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, as cognizant of the world as Blake Lively. Yeah. And you have to see them as equal foes. But the way she ultimately bests the shark is so stupid that, like, you need to buy in at the end that this is just an animal and doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah. You, like, just tricked an animal. Of course you can, because you're much smarter than that animal. Yeah, you're right. But that's the reason that it's not satisfying, ultimately. I see
0: what you mean. Would you like to see this director just... I feel like I want to see what he would come up with if he just acknowledged his like ludicrous instincts and made a Sam Raimi movie or like made his sort of like bloody Baz Luhrmann movie. Because I think that's kind of like what he wants to do, but he keeps like trying to add a dose of over the top style to these like, painfully simple stories right. in Run All Night and The Shallows. Right. And non oh,
1: But they're, like, they're in, they're like Hollywood
0: stock, too. It's yeah. It's just like...
1: Yeah, he's just picking them off somebody's
0: pile that could be right. 25 years old. Right. Uh, let's, let's rate it. <laughs> you go first. It's such a stale genre... Right. ...that the fact that the visual is so not stale is really compelling. Like, I, I think this movie... Can f- like feels a lot like a sort of like fashion campaign for surfing and yeah. giant sharks um, and surfing that, apparel at least. That's sort of beautiful to look at for eighty two minutes, right? So it's pleasant in that way. I mean, I don't think we're gonna drive more people to the theaters. I don't, and I don't know if I would drive you to the theater necessarily. I'll probably say bad,
1: good. Interesting. I think it is the exact opposite, actually. What? I think that, like, ultimately this was a well-made shark movie that understood up to a point, you know, what its limitations were and what it should do to be part of that canon of shark movies. And I think it accomplished that. Where it didn't accomplish it is in, like, stylistic flourishes that I didn't think served the movie, Mm -hmm. which I think think just pushes it to being not that watchable. And honestly, I... yeah, I didn't think the ending was like satisfying in like, an action movie kind of way. Oh, okay. But I think as a piece of filmmaking, it was well done. So I'm going to give it a good-bad. So we're not going to fight anymore! We're going to pull together, and we're going to find a way to get out of here! First, we're going to seal off this... Where to next, friend? Um, what get to Deep Blue Sea?
0: Let's do Deep Blue Sea. I guess we'll do them in the order that we watch them. This is the 1999 Rennie Harlan movie. Yeah. Uh, about Aquatica. About uh, a shark research facility. Yeah. Um, that is making super sharks slash finding a cure for Alzheimer's. And your scientists are Saffron Burroughs and Stellan Skarsgård. The hero of the movie, though, is, is Tom Jane, who is the shark wrangler at right. Aquatica and who you're introduced to in the movie's opening scene in which a shark escapes <laughs> and uh, punishes a boat of four people about to have sex, um, <laughs> one of whom establishes that by taking a, a swig of alcohol and going over to his buddy and the girl with him and saying, Hey, man, we're having a party, although every, all parties involved should have known. But Tom Jane saves them from that shark, and then and then this sets off the chain reaction of Sam Jackson, who is the uh, the fund who's funding the operation, basically. Oh yeah, and in a big way, he's upset about that escaped shark. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm coming out to Aquatica to see what the heck's going on over there." And uh, what's going on is the violation of the Harvard Compact, (laughs) which a global compact which stipulates. You cannot make super sharks. And it probably has some other, like, genetic corollaries as well, but...
1: Whatever they're doing, yeah, like, to the sharks. Well, that's the thing about this movie. Oh, just FYI, the Harvard Compact, it's not actually a real thing. No,
0: but they very boldly (laughs) claim that they are honoring it, but they have not.
1: This fictional compact that just exists for the sake of this movie, and upon which most of the tension is hooked. Yes, um, so basically what they've been doing, so I don't really, well, that's the problem with this movie. Yes. Is that, so in explaining the premise, it's like hard to explain the premise. Yeah. For some reason, they need to make, sh- they basically need to make a Frankenstein shark yeah. in order to cure Alzheimer's. Yeah. Like, and the only conditions by which they can do it is by letting the sharks live like well offshore At this remote research facility. Like, that's the setup of the movie. And then they throw some garbage science at you. Yeah. And then you know, going in, that the fucking sharks are going to escape. Yes. Like, that's just... And ruin Aquatica. Right.
0: This is a combination. We talked about this. The first half of this movie is Jurassic Park, and the last half is Poseidon Adventure.
1: Right. Um, With, like, Jaws, like, mixed in there. Well, sure. Sharks. I mean, it definitely does something interesting, like, for a lot of tropes, right? 'Cause it's aware of trope's like the grandstanding speech, like right before the climax that's of the true. film. That's true. It knows like which characters are supposed to be alive at the end, right? But and it like plays with those conventions a little bit. Right. But does not play but it's ultimately like not I don't think like a very good movie. No. Like and that's what these kinds of movies like have to do. Like not only supersede what came before it, but also be like good.
0: Yeah. The problem is you're watching it is that Samuel L. Jackson is taking a paycheck. Right. And most of the acting falls to Tom Jane, who is bad. Who's not a good actor. Who looks like, I think I said, a caricature of ruggedness. Right.
1: Clint Eastwood with, like, a 70s porn star wig on. There you go. Uh,
0: Um, And then Saffron Burroughs looks like Keira Knightley, but can barely, like, conjure emotion.
1: Right and she's her character is like very cold. Yes, and so she's always, to, even
0: as people are being ripped to shreds, even as her scientific partner is dragged through the water by a shark on a gurney after the shark bit his arm off, she is still saying this research could save lives.
1: Right. Yeah, and they almost make her like a caricature. Well, let's talk about the politics of this movie. Sure. This was what 2000- 2000 1999 Much like we discussed the Jurassic World did, doesn't it kind of punish her for being, like, ambitious? Like, Uh, the whole movie, if you zoom out far enough, is... Yeah,
0: certainly other people are culpable for making Super Sharks, but not in this
1: movie's opinion. (laughs) Right, it is punishing her for, like, doing something, like, outside of the box, like, as a woman. Yeah. Basically, I mean, yes, the thing that she does is so far outside of the box that it becomes dangerous... But ultimately, like, Rennie Harlan has no problem just, like, painting her as just, like, an out-and-out villain. Yeah, of course. Because she's the antagonist of the film. And that's ultimately, you know, why the movie comes to the ending that it does. Because good Thomas Jane needs to triumph over evil, which is her. But also, I feel like this movie thinks that, like, having women in the workplace, like, also might be just, like, a bad idea in general. Well, it's... It's funny because...
0: Tom Jane is the hero because he's a naturalist. Right. but un- basically unlike,
1: Robert Redford's character from out of Africa, but keep going.
0: Unlike Owen in Jurassic World with his right. pet raptors, um, the movie then feels very dark because our, the, a naturalist is our hero, but nothing in the movie, including the sharks that are his friends, are natural. Right. So everything that's been <laughs> genetically enhanced must be destroyed and everyone responsible for it. So basically what happens is Tom Jane's pet project ends up becoming the life of the cook, LL Cool J. Oh, man. And then Cool J is, like, in his own movie with his bird. But he's, then his He's bird in, is in a much more
1: interesting movie. He has some lines that... Well, even his stunts are better, though. Yeah. Like, the scene with him in the oven. Like, it's a much more inventive movie just when the camera's on LL Cool J, him and the bird, right? Yeah. It's, like, an interesting dynamic because he sort of loves the bird, but he sort of, like, hates the bird. And then he also, like, doesn't want to die and has, knows nothing about sharks, but has, like, a lot of kitchenware at his, at his beck and call.
0: He has a lot of, like, quips about Christianity, too. That, oh, uh, yeah. To some of them he's making up. Like,
1: it's very well, strange. he was actually going through an interesting character struggle of, like, deciding whether his faith is legitimate towards the end of what could be his life, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And like we said when we reviewed Poseidon Adventure, the same things are true, that, like, these people going from room to room as water floods in is so boring. Right. Even, like, as the stakes are sky high, right. it is so boring for, like, well, water to break it, doors.
1: That's what's wrong with the movie, is it can't decide whether the spectacle of the movie is the shark, or the spectacle of the movie is the situation they're in. Yeah. And it's like, it, is water flowing the spectacle of this movie, or is the sharks? And, and I it feel ain't like, the sharks, because they don't look good. They don't look great. I mean, there's enough, like, good B-roll of stunt doubles, like, actually wrestling with sharks that's sort of fun. Oh, and I read on IMDb that that was a real shark that he's, like, in. Really? Yeah, it was the last thing they shot. Wow. And he had to do all of his other scenes first, but he did it.
0: That's interesting.
1: Which is amazing, but you can see that, that this movie has... The only thing this movie has in its favor is a pedigree, right? Well, uh, I would say Money. Right, that's what I mean. Okay, (laughs) that's a polite way of saying like it has a lot of money.
0: I mean, that's we're gonna. This will be such a good comparison to Sharknado. Yeah, it'll be like. What I think is interesting here is what kind of bad movie do you prefer? Do you prefer a movie that is squandering three hundred million dollars in an incredible? Not that much. Not that much. So this is maybe like a hundred
1: million dollar movie. Yes.
0: Do You prefer a movie that's squandering a fortune in really entertaining ways, or do you prefer, or do you prefer a movie that never had a shot in hell and doesn't care?
1: Well, I'm such a snob that, and I'll get to my rating in a second. I'm such a snob that all the shit I talk about deeply see, like I actually do, I'm often enta- entertained. Yeah, again. I am often entertained by like studios just like throwing money.
0: See, I, that's the kind of bad movie I prefer. Is a movie that is like collapsing in on itself <laughs> when it need not
1: <laughs> yes i absolutely agree with you okay and that's why ultimately i think is it time yes do it i think that this is ultimately a bad good movie
0: i would agree i believe we were done with this movie
1: all right let's move on
0: first time in a chopper yeah scared How no So yeah, this is the first movie that we've watched that did not get a theatrical release. Yeah, it was a television movie. But you you know, forg- I mean, if that is a problem for you, forgive us.
1: I mean, this movie was a success, enough so that there were multiple sequels made of it. Yeah. It was a real boon for uh, sci-fi.
0: Not a lot of other sci-fi original movies broke out. Yeah.
1: This was the only one. This is like definitely on the level of Noah Wiley's The Librarian series, I would say. So
0: the setup for this movie is is simple because it involves not story, but merely an idea. (laughs) What would happen if water spouts... um, It's a hurricane in the movie, but water spouts, water tornadoes, uh, picked up sharks and threw them like uh, missiles with jaws across the city of Los Angeles. Right. Not really the city of Los Angeles. No.
1: Somewhere where it was the cheapest with the tax write-off to shoot it in. Right. Um, Well, yeah, I mean... What I think is so funny about this movie, if I can be so bold, is that it's a climate change movie made by Trump supporters. (laughs) It's like nowhere in it does anyone ask why this is happening. Yeah. No time does anyone, like there has to be a scientist in this movie, right? Like this movie cries out for a scientist. (laughs)
0: Find me a scientist. Find me me a
1: scientist.
0: There are a few moments where it goes beyond where you think it will go. And that's kind of charming. Right. At the end of the movie, a character you think... I mean, this is not like a, a spoiler, nor is it something uncommon in action movies where a character you think has died has not died. Right. But the way in which this person has not died is one of like the more gruesome, entertaining things I can recall seeing in a film recently.
1: The, the deus ex machina of this film is like pretty <laughs> disgusting.
0: Yeah, if you can imagine. It's
1: that. like Men in Black level.
0: The cast of, I mean, it opens at uh, the bar from Perfect Storm, but the West Coast branch on Santa Monica Pier. Ian Ziering, <laughs> who I guess is a, is, a, is a champion surfer.
1: Yeah, famous for 90210.
0: Yeah. Um, and his
1: Australian friend. Or, no, he's not Australian. He's a uh, Tasmanian.
0: Tasmanian friend.
1: Well, they keep it sort of ambiguous because he, like, falls in and out of several accents. Yes. Um, He's the foreign friend. The foreign, the first, good-looking friend. first
0: place to be hit by a beach of sharks. And the dad from Home be, Alone...
1: Uh, no, a tornado of sharks.
0: Sharknado. <laughs> right. And then the dad from Home Alone is a drunk at this bar. This is your initial cast of characters. <laughs> and then the, the one of the bartenders who just works in a swimsuit top like, sort of <laughs> has a thing with earring. The, the whole Yeah, the whole thing in the movie is they're just trying to survive, and Ian right. Ziering's just like, let's go find my family. Oh, wait, my son is... Over in Van Nuys. Let's go Van Nuys, nice. yeah, too. Van Nuys. Um,
1: <laughs> but and then, twenty five minutes later of an only an hour and a half movie, um, Tara Reed, who's the first build character in this film, shows up.
0: Yeah. The experience of watching this movie, I think, is whether you can tolerate what they did with the budget they did. Right. One of the things that's very hard to tolerate is the fact that like they've. With the approach of this cataclysmic storm, but without the means to right. show it approaching, have just put an Instagram filter um, upon seventy-five percentage.
1: Oh, I mean, some uh, of this looks like it was edited like an iMovie. Yeah,
0: shot on a sunny day.
1: Yeah, like the the effects are not very good. So
0: it kind of sucks to look at. Right,
1: it's not a ple- like an aesthetically pleasant experience because of that. This movie's horrible, right? Like we can, it's it's yeah. never it was never going to be a, a good first good movie. No, of
0: course not. Um, the, Asylum has no intention of making those kinds of movies. Right. In fact, the more interesting thing with Asylum is in the in the school of enjoying bad movies is whether you think that a movie's self-awareness about being bad ruins it. And I've seen yeah. movies like Titanic 2 where it does. Like, that movie knows it's Bad, Right. And, like, in, in trying... But it fails to inject enough weirdness or, right. like, attempts...
1: The camp is low.
0: Yeah, the camp is low. Right. And this movie has some really funny things, and these are some notes I took. Probably the biggest laugh in the movie <laughs> is the douchey new boyfriend of Tara Reed. Right. Ryan Ziering and company come to the house. By the way, sharks are already flying through Beverly Hills. Yeah,
1: like, nature... Like, we've... Something that is ha- is happening outside that's never been seen before in human history.
0: But Captain the <laughs> Dockers over here is skeptical that anything is going on and uh, yells into Ian Ziering's face, That's the thing about L.A. Whenever it rains, people think it's the end of the world. And even if it was, Beverly Hills has the finest emergency services around.
1: But it's also, like, a very, like, Trump supporter kind of view, isn't it? Of, like, making that guy such a douchebag. Yeah. Like, someone who pays, like, a lot of property taxes and, like, believes in, like, some sort of, like, social system by which we should all live and isn't, like, having... He doesn't have, like, a handgun in his glove compartment with, like, just endless ammo. I am. Yeah. Let's get into the construction of this movie and what I think is good about it, because I've sort of come to that. Okay. This movie has no cards to play, right? No. None. It has nothing. It has a pair not even a pair. It has a two and a three. Right. In like all in Texas Hold'em last round.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just has to bluff its way through. And how it does that, literally how they constructed the film, was let's not have the shots be very long. Right. Just just let's dart from place to place, and hopefully, in this mess, some coherence emerges. Yeah. It's like Hail Mary football, like fourth quarter. And you have to sort of respect a movie made under such conditions. Sure. You know what I kind of feel like it is? It's the movie in the movie about making a movie, right? Mm -hmm. That, like, clearly there's an interesting story about how this came to fruition and how they made it. Yeah. But, like, seeing it is not that entertaining. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I mean, it is like Woody Allen's weird movie from Hollywood ending that was directed by a blind person. Yeah. This is the movie you don't watch after like a good season of Project Greenlight, right?
0: Yes. So yeah, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think I've said it. I don't... These kinds of bad movies are not, are not my favorite, even though it does have some like wow
1: moments. Like if you... It does go for broke. It goes through broke a couple times. I think it's one of those movies much like The Room, maybe, that is interesting to have seen, but is ultimately a bad, bad movie. see I could watch The Room all the time. Really? Yeah. I feel like I mean I've seen it maybe like a dozen times. Same. And each time is a whole new maybe I'd watch it again now, because it's a whole new experience. Um the thing But I- this one's like not it's hard. It's hard to get through, much like The Room is ultimately hard to get through.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think the thing I like about The Room is, what's funny about The Room is the disconnect. And I guess that's what you were talking about, the feeling that the makers of the movie think that something is going on, that no one else is getting through. Wait, it's Ulysses written by
1: a madman.
0: Yeah, it's like...
1: But it's it's still Ulysses to get through it.
0: Yeah, it's like a free internet translator version of like a... A very serious <laughs> romantic movie, and this movie is not like you always kind of know what it's doing. Right, it's just not able to do it.
1: I think neither a good movie nor an entertaining movie. I would agree. So I think
0: bad, a bad, bad
1: bad with an honorable mention. Sure. Well, man. Sir.
0: So nice to look upon
1: you, dude. I'm I'm so sad that like we don't do this all the time. I'd love to get together on Sunday nights and do this, and then maybe watch four hours of HBO. And that's that could be our right. lives together.
0: Yeah. I'll
1: come out to Portland soon. Do that. I would love that.
0: Do that. And, you know, I feel like we could probably record Not In My Bed, but if that's what it takes.
1: I'm, I mean, this is what, you know, urban living looks like.
0: This is the Brooklyn studio. Uh, folks, thanks so much for listening. Find us on Twitter at be Real guys to ease like a film reel. You can listen to past episodes at BeRealGuys.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, you want to email us uh, with an idea or comments about the show, it's berealguys at gmail.com. Rate us on iTunes. That will always help us be found.
1: Is it safe to say that two of us went into this weekend and maybe only one of us is coming out? Will this weekend (laughs) take the rest?
0: Bye.